Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Mason Moody has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Mason. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, March 6th, 2019. Tom Merritt is off today, but from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Salt Lake City, Utah, I am Scott Johnson. And from a very wet L.A. County area, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Yes, it is wet here. (laughs) I don't know if it's been raining in Salt Lake City as much as it has in Los Angeles, Scott, but I feel like we're in bizarro world. Well, it's normally snow, but because March is here, we start to get really uneven with that. Like February is the worst month, and right now it is a lot of rain, so whatever rain you have will probably end up here, and then we'll send it to Colorado. They'll get snow, and then (laughs) uh, it just gets worse from there. So thanks a lot, Los Angeles. You've done us a great (laughs) service. We are sorry in advance. What we're not sorry for, though, is a great uh, tech news show coming up. And let's start with a few tech things you should know. All right. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, Reuters reports that Banksico, the Me- the Central Bank of Mexico, that's right, Banksico, <laughs> always drives me Kinda a little cool. nuts, uh, is working with Amazon on a new government-backed payment system. The system will be called Cody or C-O-D-I and allow users to make in-person and online payments via QR codes. Uh, more than half the population doesn't have a bank account, and only 3.9% of retail sales were made online in 2018 in that country. Hmm. Incentivizing more bank accounts. Uber will not face criminal charges for a fatal crash involving one of its self-driving cars. Prosecutors have ruled that the company is not criminally liable for the death of Elaine Hertzberg, who she was 49, who was struck as she crossed a road in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, also, according to the internal Apple document obtained by Mac Rumors, they always end up with these. Someone's got friends on the inside over there. Anyway, <laughs> the company will now allow devices with batteries installed by third parties to be el- eligible for Genius Bar and other authorized repairs. Previous Apple guidelines called for denying service to the devices with third-party batteries, regardless of those circumstances. Uh, I think that's actually kind of a big deal. A lot of people do go get the third-party cheaper thing, and the fact that they can now go into Apple and get a better one and, or the and right not one. be turned away yeah. yeah for saving a few bucks sure i think that's great yeah, it's, it's it's goodwill um there's probably some other reasons there too all right let's talk a little bit more about 
the foldable phones hey, that will not die. Guess Scott. what, everybody? It's 2019. Everybody has a freaking <laughs> foldable phone these days, or they don't have a phone yet, but everybody wants you to have one. Bloomberg's Sam Kim reports that Samsung is working on uh, two new foldable phones. So if you thought that one they just released wasn't enough, this is according to sources within the company. The company plans to roll out a vertical clamshell foldable by late 2019 or early 2020. That would be my bet. Uh, possibly with a second screen on the outside of the device when it is folded, which kind of ruins the idea of folding it. But anyway, an outward folding device similar to Yahweh's uh, Mate X design, which we have had a look at, would follow. The company will reportedly include an in-screen fingerprint reader and is still working on improving the durability of the foldable panels. I'd said this last week and I would reiterate it again. Uh, these things need some iteration before I'm going to trust them. And it's nothing about Samsung or anybody else making a foldable phone. It's that fold I'm concerned about and with, with a lot of use. I just can't see that holding up yet. So it's the second and third generation of these that I'm most interested in. And it sounds like we may get some of that before the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's starting to feel like Groundhog Day when when I see these stories because I'm like, wait a second, didn't we just talk about Samsung's foldable phone? Oh, these are more foldable phones that are that are being worked on that might have different form factors. And and yeah, I I I tend to sort of laugh about the whole thing because it's all still so conceptual because yeah. you were you were I or Roger or Tom or anybody you haven't had a year to be like, oh, here's why it was really great. Here's why I changed the way that I did things. Here's what didn't work. You mentioned having a display on the outside of a folded device. Like, does that really, you know, is that is that a form factor that you're going to figure out later on? It's really helpful, even though it seems perhaps silly now. Well, and that's the other issue, especially given the price. Nobody knows what the killer application is for this, if there is one. Um, and so they can show me all the neat little videos of a game that's vertical, suddenly getting larger right in the middle of the game. That's great. But that's going to last me three or four seconds of I'm impressed before I need to know what this is really going to do for me down the road. I yeah. have high hopes for this, but not at $1,500. So uh, I, I hope they quickly get smaller, flatter, more durable, and cheaper. I want the clamshell design to actually look like a clamshell. Oh, that'd be nice. That's what I want. Yeah. That, that's what I want in my foldable phone. Let's make them stylish again, people. <laughs> At the 2019 TensorFlow Dev Summit today, Google announced a bunch of TensorFlow stuff. A new open source TensorFlow privacy module was kind of the big one for its machine uh, learning framework. Developers can now add just a few lines of code and improve the privacy of their AI models. TensorFlow is a very popular developer tool. I think it turned about three years old back in November. Uh, millions of folks are, are, are in there developing, or, or it has been um, installed certainly millions of times, for building machine learning applications to create programs like text or audio or image recognition algorithms. Google's TensorFlow privacy will add what they call differential privacy to help safeguard users' data, which is a kind of complex, at least to me, mathematical approach that means that AI models trained on user data can't encode personally identifiable information because that gets dangerous. Google already uses it for a number of its own AI features, like Gmail's smart reply. Aha, got it. Google also debuted TensorFlow Federated, or TFF, which is supposed to make it easier to experiment with machine learning and other computations on decentralized data. And the company also announced the TensorFlow 2.0 Alpha, or gave a, uh, some, some hints of what was coming, uh, with a glimpse of upcoming changes aimed at making machine learning easier for beginners. Mm. That would be me. Well, that's going to be the next big step. 
I think, is them codifying these concepts in such a way that people can use them in more common circumstances. So having a class in a high school that's focused on, uh, you know, tradition, just traditional computer science would love probably to have an entire course on machine learning and what that is. If they can make that easy and accessible for that environment, that's a good thing for not only education now, but the future of the technology and where it goes and interest in it and that sort of thing. Uh, but moreover, it it will be tricky to find all the practical applications for this without easy tools and simple methods to try to implement it and to experiment and to mess around. And I'm glad you brought up the, the Gmail integration because there's a good example of a regular thing we use all the time. Gmail is constantly telling me what I want to reply with and I have I <laughs> sort of have to make a decision if I want to do that or not. Sometimes it's not great, um, but it's a start. And I think that's really good. Um, this is an important step, I guess I should say, because outside of this, it's very abstract and complicated and nobody's got their finger exactly on what the future of AI machine learning is. So I, I think this is a good thing that Google's doing and I hope that others in this field uh, follow. Agreed. Google is testing, speaking of Google, ads. That's right. They still make a lot of money from ads, everybody. They want to do shoppable ads on Google image searches. The search giant will place related sponsored ads within the image search results. The ads will feature a price tag, a uh, little icon on the lower right of the image. A user can then hover over the image and see what item is for sale uh, in the image along with the price. Currently, the test is a small percentage of traffic with uh, a select retailers is all they're going to start with. Surfacing uh, on brand queries like home office ideas, shower, tile designs, and abstract art. Here's how I foresee this is a possibility for people like me. If you're an independent artist and creator and you're putting work out there, a lot of times what happens, especially if your stuff memes out a little bit, people start spreading it around. They take your name off. It gets cropped for whatever reason. Sites will post it without your uh, permission. They end up getting filtered back into the image search on Google. And I'll sometimes run into my own work and go, oh my gosh, there's that print I made. My name's nowhere on that and no one has any idea that it's mine, but people are using it for their blogs and their whatever. It'd be kind of cool if when those results came up, one of the cool things you could do with an in-image ad would be purchase a 12 by 18 inch version of this print, for example. Mm -hmm. And suddenly artists are getting attribution. There's probably a long distance between what I'm saying and what's actually possible even with this test. But I would like to see it be more than just, oh, you're searching for stuff in the home office. How would you feel about a new fax machine? That's great and all. But I love the idea of more attribution, people getting credit, and then maybe even getting, you know, some money for that. Yeah. When I first read the story, I was like, oh, man, don't screw up my Google image searches. They're, 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 the, the, wild, they're the wild west of image searches, and that's how I like them. However, that's also a reason that, if I am searching for a new lamp, let's say something that it could be purchased somewhere, I'm not doing that within Google. I, I might be at Amazon, but I might be at Pinterest. Uh, I, I frequent House, H O U Z Z, all the time for 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 home stuff that I usually can't afford. But they they have a very nice integrated way that you can click into some images, not all of them, to be able to figure out where the retailer is, where you could buy this this particular item. So. If there was more of that in Google image search, I would use it for that reason more. Because most of the time, that's not what I would use image search for. Although, Roger, you did mention that that, that is actually something that could be helpful when you're looking for something that's a home improvement project, for example, and you actually want to make sure you've got the image right. 
So, you know what I was thinking, like for one of the things that I often do an image search for is a part, or if I see instructions on how to do like, Hey, to fix your door hinge, you're going to need blah, blah, blah. in this tool, oftentimes they won't include an image. I'll do an image search for whatever tool and you get like, this is what the tool is. It could very well be as something where it's like a Home Depot or Lowe's, you know, integrated ad where like, oh, you can buy this, you know, torque wrench for 50 bucks at this store or you can buy it off Amazon. The, the only problem and the only fear I have is some of these ads start displacing actual legitimate image search results. So they're not at the top, but rather all the way at the bottom. And then you're just constantly scrolling through. Yeah, um, right. That's definitely an sure- image. Uh, that's an issue for me as well. But it also is maybe not a bigger. Well, maybe a bigger issue for me is I use Google image searches for references. It's like I need to quickly go. Uh, I need uh, somebody doing a backflip. I need an image reference to draw this. Um, mm. oh, okay, there's a guy doing it, and I'll use it for a minute, and then it'll go away. I may have a weird use case, and maybe Google's never really known what to do with image search, and they're finally finding a way to use it. So I may have to change my way of thinking about what image search is actually for, but I'd be at least curious to see where this goes. Well, in Alphabet news, anyway, Waymo announced a Medium post in a Medium post, rather. (laughs) He didn't announce a Medium post. Those already exist. Waymo will start selling its LiDAR sensors to companies outside of the self-driving automobile market with an initial focus on security, robotics, and agriculture. The money earned from sales would help the company lower the unit price of the sensors through economies of scale. Although the company has developed several models of LiDAR, it would only be selling the laser bear honeycomb version. It's a short range sensor with a 95 degree vertical field of view and a 360 degree horizontal field of view, a minimum range of zero, meaning that it can see things right in front of it and features multiple rear, multiple returns per pulse. Interested parties should visit the Waymo website. I, as I said earlier off air, think this is Really cool because uh, everybody always wants to focus on what's the end game for automated cars and stuff like that and driving. And we always think it's going to be some company like Tesla or somebody who invests millions in these top to bottom solutions. It's a car. It's takes you everywhere. You never drive it. That's the ultimate goal. And I get it. And that's great. And there's a bunch of companies working on that. But what I've seen very little of is companies working on smaller, more modular uh, plug-in solutions. I don't mean that this solution is going to make my car drive itself. Obviously not. But it is a piece of that and perhaps a stepping stone toward the car itself being a much smarter, quote unquote, ecosystem or device. And I could see a future where things are much more modular. There's a lot of safety questions in that. And we haven't answered those yet. And we're not going to be able to today, obviously. But uh, I like the idea that the choices may not be I'm getting this brand car. It might be. I'm getting their chassis, their engine, and their navigation system and kind of building your own, you know, your own kind of setup or at the very least having more control over what you've got if you own these self-driving cars. If it's more of a fleet situation, if none of us are even owning cars in 50 years, well, then we can have a different conversation about it. But uh, I, I like this modular idea a lot. What's, what's interesting is in many ways, it's kind of how cars are built with with all the with all the extra features that you get uh, today, for example, the whole radar brake assist, like oh, you don't the car will automatically brake for you if you get too close to the car in front of you if you buy this option. It's one of those things that was developed by a company and then just sold to Ford, BMW, or whatever, 
and they would develop or they would license the technology so the company could then build its own version to integrate with their automobile. I think I think you're right. I, I don't think the future will be a Tesla. Tesla will definitely be part of the future, but I don't think it will be the future. It's going to be a, a technology from a company. Uh, for example, there's a I forgot, forgot his name, but there was one individual who developed the intermittent wiper that everyone has on their car, right? Mm-hmm. It's the it's a wiper mode that intermittently does it every two seconds or every four seconds or whatever. He developed the original circuit for that and a bunch of cars supposedly ripped them off and, and car companies ripped off and developed it. But the idea is that one company, one guy developed it and then that technology kind of spread across the industry. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. I think you're going to see the same thing with uh, electric vehicles where it's going to be the one company that develops the really amazing storage technology that allows you to you know, cram 100 plus miles into an average size sedan uh, on electric power. And then you know they're going to license it and everyone's going to license it and put it in their automobile. And that's where you get the economies of scale where you can have literally not just thousands, but hundreds of thousands of automobiles. And with the sensor, what they plan to do is essentially just, you know, get it to the point where they can sell it at a much cheaper cost because they're selling it to everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. I think that's, uh, I mean, why wouldn't it follow that path? That's how most products end up in our hands is this kind of iterative added on to licensed out, broken apart, rethought sort of process. Nobody's going to arrive at my house with a package with a bow on it that says, here's your self-driving car with every piece of functionality we could ever want. Congratulations. It doesn't work that way. And whether it's something like we talked about earlier with foldable phones or it's um, you know, getting much closer to automated driving, it's going to take a bunch of iteration, mistakes, failures, and hopefully a few successes before we get it. Well, laser bear honeycomb is a cool name. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. In fact, you'll hear my voice on the headline show tomorrow. All right. So this is our discussion for the day, and it's all about good and bad companies, or at least how they're perceived by people in the U.S. Axios wrote up... Um, it was a. It was actually a poll between Harris Poll and Axios in conjunction with each other of U.S. adults. Facebook's um, Facebook sort of fall from grace was the big headline. But the 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 way that the Axios Harris Poll works is that it ranks the reputations of the most visible companies in the U.S. So the surveys conducted among almost twenty thousand Americans. It's a two step process. First, it surveys the public's top of mind awareness of companies who are seen of some range of good or bad in society or, or somewhere in between. Then these most visible companies are then ranked by a second group of Americans to figure out their actual ranking, one being the best and 100 being the worst. If a company isn't on the list, then it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good or bad company. It just means that it did not have a critical enough uh, level of vi- visibility to be measured in this poll. So of those companies, they weren't all tech companies, but a lot of them were. And again, like I mentioned, Facebook got a lot of attention, but there are some, there are some very interesting data points in here. Um, for example, Amazon held the number two spots of companies kind of doing the best as far as the public perceived them. Wegmans was number one grocery chain. Samsung was at number seven, Microsoft at number nine. Uh, there's also fastest rising and falling uh, reputation areas. Uh, this isn't uh, for 2019. 
Samsung climbed from number 35 to number seven. That's great. So, yeah. yeah, Samsung's had a, had a good year since we did this last. Netflix and Apple both saw small declines, but they're kind of hovering in the 20s. Facebook, though, fell from number 51 to number 94, which is a very large drop for any company. Now, of course, Facebook is Facebook and has had quite a bit of issues, certainly in the public eye. We've we could it's a long laundry list of of issues that that folks have whether it's you know distrust or you know are you are you swinging elections and what are you doing with their data and 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 we've talked about that ad nauseum but even so it it's it's a very steep steep decline tesla by the way also fell from number 3 which is pretty high to number 42 so Ugh. it's interesting the way that these social shifts happen quite quickly and sometimes Quite dramatically. Well, same thing with Tesla, right? Like they've had similar scrutiny, not not the same scrutiny as Facebook. It's a different market, obviously. But but Elon Musk likes to say a bunch of wacky stuff online. It affects stock prices. Things get weird with public companies. He complains about that. Uh, it that's you could see that starting to erode into people's perception of what Tesla was before all of that, which was this amazing, pristine product that. Only a genius could come up, you know, like they had that whole shroud and this is that shroud being pulled away a little bit. The Facebook one, I feel like has been brewing for years and, you know, has been uh, a little bit strange. But I would actually like to remark that Samsung's climb from 35 to 7 is pretty remarkable considering the Note 7 nightmare that they went through and seem seemingly, at least according to this data, have come out okay. And that really surprised me. Or at least so, it just yeah. took some time, right, to like gain the trust back of, mm -hmm. of at least these people pulled in the U.S. Well, sure. I think it does underscore the fact that uh, memories can be short, especially when there are a lot of other companies that can fall on their face just as rapidly as you do. Uh, one example is uh, Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft, for for those who might not be familiar with the company, wasn't was the subject of a lot of scorn and on public anger back in the early 2000s all the way up to the late 2000s. And in the Harris poll that they did in 2011, Microsoft pulled in at 16. Oh. Now, nine going up to nine now, I mean, it's not a huge jump, but it's still a significant shift for the company. And a lot of that has to do with the way the company is now perceived, especially with the way the company's been uh, uh, captained by Satya Nudella. And kind of the the shifts in the way the company does its business away from a OS centric our way or the highway kind of attitude uh, versus more of a collaborative. And they still might be you know the most obnoxious bean counters on the planet that want to nickel and dime you for everything you have. Uh, but the public face that they give is definitely more palatable palatable than it was than fifteen years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it does also, it's just a nice little reminder that public perception, especially in companies who deal with public-facing products, Facebook is the perfect example of this, but you would I would throw Twitter in there and others. Mm -hmm. They are always just one controversy away from dropping 50 spots on this list. Like, you know, right. it takes, in, in Facebook's, Facebook's case, I almost said fake book, that's not good. Uh, in their face, <laughs> wouldn't be the first person. Freudian slip. Tripped on that one. I'll just let that lay over there on the floor where I tripped on it. Um, <laughs> but they, the scrutiny they've had is on such a higher level. Like they've been in front of Congress. They've been in front of EU Parliament. They've had to, uh, 
lay bare all of their practices and then in cases where they forgot about something either innocently or not then they're getting after you know, being got after again because they forgot to disclose a thing like they their mm-hmm. level of scrutiny is magnifying lens on an anthill when i was five it was all about just killing as many ants as i could and i feel like facebook's not going to do they're not going to go up on this list very quickly um so there may be a weird example but i think any of these companies could at any given time just yeah. slip up slip down and also you might look at this and say well amazon's doing great number two behind a, a beloved grocery chain okay well are you are you comparing netflix and amazon and if so is it original amazon video that you would compare to netflix so there are there are so many data points in here that in these two companies it's not sort of like microsoft and apple which one's better mm-hmm. because the the reason that people might be happy or displeased with a company it could be for a lot of reasons depending on how big the company is and what they offer right. and i think there's a certain level of how much competition does a company have for public opinion to really sway their business decisions right facebook doesn't have an immediate you know competitor that does everything it does there's companies that do bits of what it does but not the same scale that facebook does so there's there's a level of uh you know it has more opportunities to screw up well some would say kind of an insufferable attitude that well you know what we're still we're still the only player in town so people Mm -hmm. are invariably going to come around to us even if not directly and so you know, you see, you see it with other other companies uh, that have, you know, for the longest time, like, you know, uh, AT&T, when, when it was Ma Bell, it was like, well, you know, we dropped your call. We're sorry, but guess what? We're the phone company. We are the phone company. There are no other phone companies. If you need to use the phone, you're going to use it with us. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we're upset. You know, we're, we're, we're sorry you're upset, but it doesn't really matter to us. It was only then when you had competition where you kind of lit a fire under their corporate behinds where they started at least publicly tried to change uh, their, te- uh, their, their direction as well as their attitude toward the customers, not looking them like more of a, you know, just kind of a, a fiefdom, but more as customers that they need to keep happy. Yeah. You know, related to everything that we're talking about here is a story today um, from the guardian that whole foods had cut workers hours after Amazon, which owns whole foods introduced a new minimum wage, which was $15. And in certain cases for management, it was a little bit higher. But if you were making $15 and you worked at Whole Foods, then you then you became a $15 minimum wage. However, workers have complained of now having fewer hours, even though the overall budget for these stores, in some cases, really haven't changed. And they say, well, this wipes out our raises altogether. You know, if I was working 40 hours a week and now I get more per hour and I'm only working 32 hours. This kind of, it, it kind of screws us up. And I think that this is a perfect example of something that if that's, if that gets enough traction, people will start saying, Oh, whole foods is bad to their employees. Whole foods is a bad company, you know, and will that dock Amazon when we look at this poll next year? Yeah. I think that's very possible. Like they, on the one hand, well, whether it's true or not, the perception will be, Amazon swooped in, created a minimum wage that is a living wage, and that's good, and that seems like a good company practice, but then sneakily you know, reduced everybody's hours, nullifying the, the good. Um, whether or not that's actually true, it may not matter in cases like this because we're really just talking about perception. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that uh, Chick-fil-A was number four last year, number 22 this year. 
that's still pretty good chicken. I don't know what's going on over there, but <laughs> that chicken is good. Uh, it's because they closed their local branch near me. And oh. People were mad. Oh, all right. I wish I'd been pulled. Local I, 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 I always wonder, why don't I get pulled on things like this? I would love to be part of a poll like this. Yeah. Never happens. Yeah. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. It's a poll of sorts of its own. You can submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow is where to hang out with us on Facebook. That's your bag. Speaking of bags. Back to Amazon now. We got an uh, email from Kevin who said, I just placed my first Amazon order and chose Amazon Day for delivery. It felt good for a couple of reasons. Number one, I would have likely been in the mountains skiing on Thursday on the expected two-day delivery date. Two, I feel like in the future, I can help reduce a lot of waste when there are products with different delivery dates. I don't think I would have even noticed that this was a new option had you guys not mentioned it because I'm usually pretty automatic with my orders. Search, add to cart, hit order, close browser. Something did occur to me, however. This will likely be saving Amazon a ton of uh, a ton over the long haul. They should really give customers some sort of a price reduction for using this. Yeah. Amazon doesn't seem to be in a hurry Don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath either. We got another email from uh, our boss, Chip, from snowy Boston. Hey, Chip. Yeah, go Celtics, I guess. I was trying to think of a good team to back today. Uh, I was listening to your conversation yesterday about... Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. At the Ordine stove and how its space-saving design would be great for small kitchens, and it hit me. I've seen this before. A few years back, I toured Kentuck Knob, a Frank Lloyd Wright house built in the early 50s. And part of the tour, we went through the house's small kitchen, which had many small, uh, sorry, many space-saving innovations, including a fold-down stove. He's got some pictures he sent with this. Uh, mm-hmm. The electric stove was a Frigidaire product from the same time period. 
It allowed you to fold down the four burners in uh, one at a time so it only took up as much space as you needed on the counter. The benefit this 60-plus-year-old product had over the Ordine was the burners were detachable. So you could take one or more with you to the dining room or outside to keep food warm. That's kind of rad. Uh, obviously, the Ordine is much more... Is it Ordine or Ordine? I hope I'm saying it right. Or we'll say Ordine. Uh, obviously, the Ordine is much... Ordine on Monday. All right, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, much more modern tech, but the space-saving concept is the same. I always wondered why the design never caught on. Uh, hopefully now with the advent of, in, or advent of injunction cooktops, it may. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Your boss, Chip, from snowy Boston. Yeah, Chip's... I loved those photos you sent, Chip. They're so cool. Wherever that house is, I would like a tour as well. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks to Kevin. Thanks, Chip. Thanks to everybody who sends us feedback. We love you. Keep it coming. Also, thanks to Scott Johnson for helping Roger and I hold down the fort today. Scott, what else is going on in your world? Well, it's been my pleasure. Uh, uh, hope Tom's having a safe trip. And I would just say, if you are interested in anything I have going on these days, there are two places to go, really. The first is frogpants.com. Everything I do is there. If you're looking for art, if you're looking for uh, our store, if you're looking for podcasts, it's all right there. And to follow me on the daily, you can see me at Twitter on, no, on Twitter at Scott Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great handle. Yeah. yeah, you could just add me at Twitter. That's me. Uh, well, thanks for being with us, Scott. Our goal each month, as you know, patrons, is to get one more patron than we had last month. You could be that person. Maybe you're on the fence. Maybe maybe it's time to maybe it's time to 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 check out our Patreon and see what all the great perks we have there. You can become a DTNS member and get an ad-free RSS feed, also special episodes from Tom on how how we make the sausage. Special episodes looking back on tech news of the past and lots more. You can sign up at patreon.com/dtns. We also have a store. Want to mention that too. Uh, dailytechnewsshow.com/store. Our email address, as I mentioned, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Tom's back from Austin, Texas tomorrow. We'll also have Justin Robert Young and David Sparks. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 